Good morning, uh, Snowden. So it's good to be uh, here in the house of the Lord. And uh, uh, myself and uh, <clears throat> my wife, Hadio, we want to extend uh, a word of thanks. <clears throat> Thank you for so many years of partnership with us in ministry. Um, more than 25 years, uh, we served with uh, Christian Direction in Montreal. And uh, recently, eight months ago, so we, we have joined uh, OMF. So that's the, that's the same mission that uh, Fred and Philly Tanoha serve with in the, in the Philippines. <clears throat> And basically, we're continuing to do um, the same, same kind of uh, ministry that we've been doing for, for all these years. Um, we're involved in uh, welcoming uh, newcomers, new immigrants, sharing the gospel, helping people uh, practice French, English, um, so during the pandemic, like everyone else, so we've been, um, we've been having our meetings online, uh, Zoom. And uh, so we, we have a, a few weekly uh, meetings and we're encouraged to see uh, some people uh, who are seeking the Lord uh, join these meetings. Uh, we have a men's group in French uh, we also are involved with uh, Chinese uh, ministry. This we've been doing for, for many years now. Uh, Hadio is quite, she's very involved in um, Japanese Christian fellowship. Uh, they're having their uh, Zoom uh, this afternoon. And... Uh, Yes, we also uh, are involved with uh, Syrians. Uh, some of them, most of them are refugees. So we, we help them with language and just being friends, uh, helping them to uh, adjust to their new life in Canada. And we, we always have uh, Bible stories. So <clears throat> during the message, I'll share a little bit from some of these ministries. I guess apart from that, uh, there's also, um, I guess what you could call a Barnabas ministry, ministry of encouragement for people in the ministry, uh, pastors or some Christian leaders, just to uh, pray together, encourage them, walk alongside. So let's pray before we go into God's word. Father, we thank you for this day, this glorious day. Thank you for this time we have to come together uh, to worship you. Lord, we thank you for giving us your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the fellowship of believers. Lord, you are indeed uh, faithful. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
So this morning, we're going to look at uh, a passage that I, I, really, I really love. I mean, there's many passages that I enjoy from Scripture, but this one I find uh, embodies, it, it touches different areas of uh, Christian life and ministry. So it, the road to Emmaus, in your Bibles, you could find it, chapter 24 of Luke, verses 13 to 35. I'm reading from the uh, ESV uh, translation. So that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Clopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And so he said to them, what things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village <coughs> to which they were going, he acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, 
while he opened to us the scriptures. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of the Lord. So I'm sure you're familiar with uh, this, uh, this story and you know we are uh, after Easter we're still reading some passages dealing with the uh, resurrection of Christ. But I, I want to look at the passage and share with you um, things in regard to, um, I guess you would say evangelism or ministry, and more specifically um, look at the um, revelation that takes place, the unveiling, if uh, we could use that term. So let's begin exploring some of the, uh, the passage there. So we, as I said, we are involved in, in ministry right here in Montreal. <clears throat> and uh, many people that we meet are, um, are in times of transition or they're facing a crisis. M- maybe they, they had to flee from a war zone like Syria and then they arrive here. <clears throat> I, um, I see that Jesus models, he truly models for, for me, for us, um, how we can uh, help people with uh, you know the gospel. So when when I think of uh, what Jesus is doing here, I I think of the the Holy Spirit in a way, and and here's why I say this. Um, So our story takes place uh, after the cross, after the resurrection, and we know that the Gospel of Luke will continue in the book of Acts. And right at the beginning of Acts, we have Pentecost and the the Holy Spirit that that comes. So I, I kind of see this passage a little bit as a transition. <clears throat> For some reason, we read in verse 16 that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And we, we see that elsewhere in scripture. This is, uh, a God can do this. One, one verse that I found in the Gospel of Mark, <clears throat> it, it says, after these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. So 
for, for whatever reason, uh, Jesus chose to um, not to fully disclose himself to... Uh, if, if we continued reading in Luke 24, right after our story, our passage, uh, we would find that Jesus appears to the, to the 12. And when he appears, they, uh, they, they panic. They, they think he's a ghost and they're, they're afraid. The, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they are, uh, it's, they're described in verse 17 as uh, being uh, sad or sorrowful. So I, I won't um, go into details. I think you, you can understand. They, they say in verse 21 <clears throat> that they hoped that Jesus was the one to redeem Israel. And so they are, they're experiencing, I, I guess we could call it sorrow, uh, grief, maybe mourning. There, there's, there's a dream that has been broken. And, you know, we, you could look at this passage and also see uh, the way God comes to comfort us, the God of all comfort. Uh, we think of the Holy Spirit, our helper, our comforter. And, and that's where, you know, when I talked about Jesus uh, not fully disclosing himself, he, he meets them where they are. And I think we see a gradual uh, disclosure, a gradual revelation. Uh, and the master is, is Jesus. We can learn uh, from him. So um, <clears throat> when, when we uh, meet friends who have been, who have experienced a loss, it could be a job, it could be their health, uh, it could be they, they lost someone and they are in grief and mourning. We, we don't want to be like Job's friends because with friends like that, as the saying goes, you don't really need enemies. So it's best to uh, listen, to, to be there like Jesus does here. And he's, uh, he's asking questions. So that's, that's one point. We, we'll look at a few, um, I guess, important points in the passage. The questions in Scripture, uh, in, in the Garden of Eden, for instance, when uh, our ancestors sinned, we, we see God asking, uh, where are you? God is asking questions. Did you eat from the tree that you know, I told you not to? Um, Jesus will use questions in his ministry. Um, who do people say that I am? He, he's asking the disciples. 
he's asking uh, Bartimaeus, the blind man, um, what do you want me to do for you? So questions in ministry uh, can really be, um, can be helpful. You know, may God give us uh, wisdom. We, we do a lot of um, exploration Bible studies with, uh, with the different uh, ministry, different groups we are, we're involved with. A lot of people, they, they're not so familiar with the Bible. So there's a book actually that's called Stranger on the Road to Emmaus that we have used with, uh, especially with Chinese from mainland China. And basically the book uh, goes from Genesis to the gospel in, in 12 lessons. So we, we find that uh, to, you know, to, to try to give an overview of the, the message of the Bible, explaining sacrifices um, you know, in the Old Testament and how that relates to the sacrifice of Jesus and so on. So, so that's the, the first part, questions. And um, Jesus will say in verse 19, what things? And uh, 17, what are you talking about? And why, why do you look so sad? So giving people, giving them an opportunity to tell us their story, to, to earn uh, their trust in a way to build a relationship with them. We need to um, give them a chance to tell us their, their story. And uh, I see I see this happening in this passage. Um, the, other, the other point I want to uh, look at, there's so much in, in this passage. So the other point would be the, well here, uh, this verse, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. It says, verse 15, uh, 14 and 15 in our passage, they're talking with each other about what happened, uh, the events, the cross, the crucifixion, and even uh, the report from the woman concerning the, uh, the empty tomb. And then... Uh, verse 15, discussing together. This could be translated debating. So we, I guess we have here a human reasoning, trying to understand uh, with, you know, with our human reason uh, what happened. So in Isaiah 55, okay, here's an, another, um, another point from the passage that I, I would like to um, explore. So we read in Isaiah 55 about the word of God, 
I'll, I'll just let you read this, if you see it on the screen. So, uh, my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. The, the power of God's word. Uh, we, we read in our passage that um, Jesus will tell them in, from verse 25, uh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. And then uh, 27, he, he interprets to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So imagine if you could have a, uh, a crash course, two hours, the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus would have taken around two hours. So imagine you had Jesus as your personal teacher and you could ask him any question and he would explain to you uh, the, the scriptures, specifically the things concerning himself. Wow, <clears throat> I come back to what I said earlier. Uh, there's a parallel, there's a transition, I think, in the ministry of Jesus in person with the disciples, and now we will will be moving to the ministry of the Holy Spirit with, with Pentecost. And like I said, this passage seems to be a transition passage. Um, what does the Holy Spirit um, do for... Um, well, the Holy Spirit does many things, and we won't be able to look at all of them this morning for sure. But we, we read that he comforts, um, comforts us. He, he's our teacher. He helps us to understand God's word. He opens up the word of God to us. He empowers us to share the gospel. Uh, the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8 and you will, you know, you will receive uh, the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witness. Um, so we, um, we can learn from Jesus in this passage the, um, the way he, he's helping these two disciples um, move well, he's helping them to move from sorrow, um, disappointment, um, broken dream. He's helping them to move from a place where they are sad, discouraged, to a place of uh, amazing joy. We read in our passage that um, at the end, when they finally recognized Jesus, when he broke the bread, it was dark, it was late, and they couldn't wait until the morning. They, they probably ran back to Jerusalem to tell the others. So you, you see from the beginning and the end of our story, 
there's a, there's a radical transformation. A big change takes place. And we see that the word of God plays an important role. But I would, I would add, <clears throat> I would say Jesus, in, in a way, is, is kind of uh, showing us in advance the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help us to understand uh, the Word of God and to apply it to, um, and will uh, empower us to, to share our faith with, with others. So faith comes through hearing, hearing the Word of Christ. Now, you know, we, uh, we could be reading the Word of God and uh, maybe, I, I remember before being uh, clearly saved and being a Christian, truly a Christian, the, I, I didn't read much from the Bible, but I, I couldn't really, it was like uh, cloudy, I, <clears throat> I couldn't really make sense of it, of the message. And um, like very quickly, <laughs> from my own experience, when I was in CJEP in, in my hometown, Getsino, uh, I remember I took a course, uh, films, cinema, and we had, to, uh, we had to study a movie by Pasolini, uh, the Gospel According to Matthew. And our teacher challenged us to read the Gospel of Matthew. So we had a big Catholic Bible in our living room. Nobody ever opened that. So I remember reading the Gospel According to Matthew and actually finding it fascinating. I, I, I found it very interesting. And uh, you see God used my teacher, who's not even a Christian, to get me to read his word. And then not long after, I remember uh, this was, you know, after the bars closed, like maybe one or two in the morning, I was hitchhiking um, to go back to my parents' home, and a Christian uh, gave me a lift. And so he was talking to me about Jesus, about the Bible, and you know what? I, I, was, I was very open. I, I was interested. He invited me to a small group meeting outside Ottawa. I only went there once. And uh, the one leading the meeting, he, was, he had been in prison before. I, I don't know for, for what. But uh, he... he he explained to me and some of my friends the, the good news, the gospel. And at that moment, I, uh, I prayed, um, you know, with, with this person. And he gave us, each of us, he gave us a Bible. And uh, then I went, I came to Montreal to study at the university. I brought the Bible and you, you know, when I was reading that Bible, uh, it was so different. I, 
the text would come to life, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit who was um, helping me to understand, just like Jesus opened their mind so they could understand the word. Um, so we, we read in scripture that <clears throat> the, um, there's a veil that is, is blocking uh, the minds, it, it's veiling basically. People are, cannot really understand uh, God's word. Uh, so here's, here's a few verses uh, from 2 Corinthians. But this veil is only, only through Christ is it taken away. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And there's, there's a passage from uh, Isaiah that I, I really like. Isaiah 25, it's, you won't see it on the screen. Isaiah 25, 7 says, And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering or the veil that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And verse 9, it will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So uh, the veil, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was ripped in, in two from the top to the bottom. Uh, in a way, Jesus opened a new way uh, for us to have, to have communion or access to, to God, uh, to be reconciled with God. Uh, you can read more, you know, from uh, Hebrews on that. We read that uh, the, the devil, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of Christ. But 1 Corinthians tells us that we have received... Uh, those who believe in Christ, those who are part of uh, his family, we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And verse 14 of that passage says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So then, what do we say or how do we deal with this um, condition, the veil, or spiritual blindness because we meet people who have no sometimes who who have never read the bible 
So in, in all areas of ministry uh, that in which we're involved, we, we want to serve and help our friends. So sometimes it's helping them with French practice, English practice, um, getting to know the culture, becoming real friends with them, uh, love in action, but also we, we bring to them uh, the word of God and our prayer, because we, we, we definitely need to pray that the Lord would take away the veil, the blindness, remove the veil. Only God uh, can do this. So prayer is essential in, uh, in, this, in any kind of ministry. Uh, but one verse from, uh, from John chapter 5, not this one here, uh, a classic uh, passage, John 5, 24, Truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. 25 says, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. We know that uh, Ephesians 2 says that, you know, you were dead in your, in your sins and your transgressions. So we were spiritually dead. But here we, we read that um, God is at work through the ministry of his, his word. The, the word is compared to a seed in the parable of the sower. And a seed contains a potential for life inside the, the seed. And um, yes, <clears throat> we, we sow the seed. And we believe that uh, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, will use the word of God just like he did in my life when uh, people told me to read, you know, the gospel of Matthew and someone gave me a Bible. Uh, it, is, it is all from God. It's God who saves and who gives new life. But we also read in scripture that um, we, just like Jesus models in our passage, uh, we have a great privilege to uh, be ambassadors for Christ. So we, we can be like Jesus in the story. We, we are not Jesus, but Christ in me, Christ in you. We pray that the people that we meet, will, they will encounter Christ in your life, in my life, and that Jesus will uh, manifest himself, reveal himself um, through our lives, through our good deeds, uh, through our friendship. Uh, and as <clears throat> we proclaim uh, the word of God, we believe 
that it will not uh, return without producing an effect. That's why over the years we have not stopped uh, and we're not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. Uh, from Romans, and I'm wrapping up here, Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So every Sunday, for instance, uh, the preaching of God's word takes place in, in this church and many other churches. When we do Bible studies online, we always have a, a Bible story to share with our friends. And our prayer is this, as the seed is sown and watered, we pray that God will, will use this to, um, to bring many people to salvation. One, one passage from uh, the book of Acts 26, uh, verse 18. This is where Jesus uh, commissions Paul to go to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And he says, I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So this is amazing, really, you know, when we realize that we can be part of God's uh, work. I am sending you to open their eyes. I, I can't really open their eyes myself. I can pray for, for them. I can ask God to help them. I can share with them what I try to help them understand uh, the word of God. This is what Jesus does in the story. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And we, in turn, can, can join Jesus and the Holy Spirit in, uh, in this wonderful ministry. And we, we just trust that God you know, will uh, be at work and will remove the veil, apocalypse, unveiling the veil uh, will be removed the veil was was ripped in the temple people can uh, have peace with God so I think I'll stop there and just uh, thank you Lord again for giving us this beautiful passage Help us to learn from Jesus. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and convicting people, drawing them, revealing Christ to them. 
We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.